Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's news talk radio, TNT. Wow, it's Tuesday, the 16th of January. We're over the halfway mark. We're over the halfway mark in January. Where did the time go between Christmas and now? I don't know. But whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and of course, whatever you're doing, we hope it's nice. Uh, you're very welcome to join us here this morning on our little party session that we have on Open Line. Natalie and I are going to be chewing the fat. Gemma Cooper's going to be pitching in. We've got somebody beaming in from Davos in Switzerland at the WEF conference, believe it or not. Yes, we have Klaus Schwab. He's going to be joining us shortly, and we're going to be asking him what the... Uh, Toasted, roasted locusts and uh, fake meat tastes like in Davos. Now, of course, we don't have Klaus Schwab. We wouldn't have him here. He's below us. We've got a young lad by the name of Callum Smiles who's going to be joining us, a roving reporter from Davos. And also uh, David Craig. Let me get that the right way around. Yes, David Craig, uh, who is an author at The Daily Skeptic, is going to be joining us. I almost said Craig David, not the naff, wishy-washy, uh, beater, rapper type person from the UK. No, that's Craig David, but we have David Craig on here this morning. So plenty to come. Uh, quite an interesting morning this morning. Uh, last night before I went to bed, I opened up the fridge. The fridge is... <sighs> It's uh, packed full of stuff, and this massive pot of yogurt fell out that my wife had opened and just simply put the top back on. It exploded all over the kitchen floor, and my nice black trainers were covered in lemon yogurt. What an absolute hell it was to try and remove that last night and get it off the kitchen floor. If you wipe yogurt, it just simply smears everywhere and seeks seeps into every nook and cranny on the kitchen floor. So if that wasn't bad enough, as I was about to log in this morning and get my visuals sorted out, my water tipped all over me, all over my notes, all over my desk, everywhere. It hit the phone as well. I thought, hey, it's not so bad. The phone's all right. And you know what? When I switched the damn thing on, it gave me a message. It says, charging interrupted liquid detected in the lightning charging port the phone has decided it's not going to play ball it told me to come back and try again when the phone was properly dried out so anyway that's my start to the morning what an interesting morning it's been and of course listen this is an open line show so please uh feel free to join us natalie uh did you uh, have any mishaps between last night and this morning are you having a relatively plain sealing time of it I'm not the most organised person, so I tend to be running around every morning anyway, uh, like a headless chicken, uh, to get here on time. Uh, but it did remind me of the time, they say don't cry over spilt milk. I remember when I opened the fridge too quickly and a whole uh, four pints of milk did fall out of the fridge and literally split everywhere. Ceiling, walls, everything. So uh, yeah, no, um, I, I don't want to be reminded of that. That took weeks to clean. It smelt for days. So I hope you have more success with your yogurt, Rick. I'm probably going to have to go down after the show this morning and actually, you know, mop the floor because I just like smeared everything around my kitchen roll and it will probably start to stink. Uh, after yes. a few days, it'll start to smell like sour milk and I will be in the proverbial doghouse. So, yeah, I've got to clean that up. I've got to dry off and hope, hope my phone will allow me 
it will allow me to charge it again. It told me we're not charging anymore because we have detected liquid. Imagine that. It detected liquid. It actually said that. Liquid detected in lightning charging port. Uh, there's things our phone knows. There's things that we all believe they're listening to us, yeah. but not like that damn thing detected liquid in the charging port and said, no, you shall not charge. I can't do anything about it. I'm, I have to I've wait. I've got a tip for wait. you. Apparently, they uh -huh. say to put it in rice. So after the show uh, or after your shows this morning, uh, put it in rice and it's supposed to uh, absorb any liquid. <laughs> no, my luck. Do. No, my luck. A little grain of basmati rice will wedge itself into the lightning charging port and then I won't be able to put the adapter in at all. That's terrible advice, Natalie, absolutely terrible advice. But I forgive you because I know your intentions were pure. But anyway, enough waffling from me. Uh, let's take a brief pause and welcome the one and only Gemma to take the stand here on the one and only TNT. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And all just before, literally at three minutes to nine, the water's everywhere. I had to run and get a damn towel and back mopping myself off. Not very professional, is it, Gemma? But as they say, the show must go on. And here we are. Nothing stops us. No spilt water, no spilt milk, no yogurt. We must do the job. Yeah, although it's interesting when um, when I hear of people talking about patterns, because you know I'm into lots of esoteric metaphysical mm. stuff and it, you know all the woo woo mm. things. I'm immediately my ears pricked up then. And if I were if if this was me, this has happened to with the yogurt and the water and everything, I'd be looking at the spiritual significance of regular spillages. It sounds like there's some energy in your life that's leaking over into into areas where maybe it's not wanted, or Just there's clumsiness. all sorts we could talk. Gemma, it's, it's clumsiness. <laughs> I'm getting old, right? My 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 hand-eye coordination is shot. I've had too many knocks to the head. I've been listening to metal music for so long. My brains are fried and probably have early dementia. It's nothing metaphysical. It's just clumsy old wreck. That's what it is. But it could be spillages from other area. I take it and they say these things happen in threes. So probably there'll be another bloody spillage. I'll probably get drowned this afternoon by a freak wave or a tsunami as I'm walking along the coast. But anyway, uh, yeah. Hopefully you'll make Not, it on what do you tomorrow, Rick. I, I hope I'm back again tomorrow. You know, uh, are you? You? You, I, you don't strike me as a very clumsy person. I'm terribly, you? terribly clumsy. I'm. I'm do things too fast. I'm always. Uh, I'm like that kind of ADHD running around all the time, smashing things over. Cause I spend my life spilling things, sort of shouting and swearing. So uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the most organised person to be around. So yeah, I. I, I, I expect now you've said that I'll. I'll be spilling something later. We're not painting ourselves out uh, to be very professional here this morning. But hey, listen, we're not trying to be anything. We are ourselves here yeah. on TNT, today's news talk. And, you know, lovers or haters, this is what we are. We're just being honest with you. Gemma, we have a story to cover here this morning. Uh, a lot going on in the world right now. What's the latest over in the Middle East? Well, this is this story. You know, it, 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 ostensibly it began last night with uh, Iran's attack on uh, sites in uh, Iraq, um, but there's been further developments this morning within the last few hours, and it does show how tensions are really escalating in that part of the world since October the seventh. You know, since the events um, between Israel and, and, and on the Gaza Strip. 
Um, so in the last few hours, Iraq this morning has come out in, in all guns blazing, unsurprisingly, and fully condemned Iran's aggression on uh, sites in Erbil last night that led to civilian ca casualties, it's saying, in residential areas. We know that four people are killed and six wounded. That's the latest figures that I have got. And it's Iran's Revolutionary Guard. They claim to have targeted an Israeli spy base in Iraq, in the Kurdistani area. They're also claiming this morning an attack in Syria on ISIS targets. Um, but Iraq's government this morning says it's going to take all legal measures against these actions by Iran. It says they consider them a violation of international uh, sovereignty and the security of its people and the, the violation of Iraq's sovereignty and peace. That's a statement from the um, Iraqi foreign ministry. They said they were also likely to file a complaint to the UN Security Council. Um, and now Iran's Revolutionary Guard have, have, have considered this a win. They say the target was one of Mossad's main headquarters in Iraq. Unsurprisingly, because of that, we know that the America has condemned the attacks. They've called them reckless. But of course, they would say that because they're a friend of Israel. So any attack on an Israeli target is an attack on them effectively. But that's what the danger of this situation is. It's just a tinderbox now. We've got the events in the Red Sea with the Houthis firing out of Yemen. We've now got Iran firing on Iraq. Uh, apparently, also this morning, um, uh, the, the Kurdistani authorities said this morning they've also shot down three armed drones flying after flying over Erbil airport. That's home to US and international forces. So the situation is just so fraught with tension uh, and everyone now it's kind of an unleashing of old kind of hostilities and uh, an, an increasing aggression from each side and you know nobody wants to back down on this. Nobody is backing down. So last night's attacks by Iran on Iraq this morning are being treated extremely seriously. It'd be interesting to see as well as Iraq going to the UN Security Council and reporting this, what they then decide to do next uh, and how much, I don't think the, the Iran is gonna, the Iran's escalation is gonna go away. Uh, Iraq is shooting down drones out of the sky. I think we might be seeing more of that even today into tomorrow. Um, so it's a situation really to watch with interest. Hmm. What do you reckon that these nasty, noisy neighbors, you know, that's what strikes me here. You know, you read about these uh, stories where somebody grows their heads too high and the neighbors get upset and they cut it down. You would think that those two, Iran and Iraq, they sound very similar, don't they? They're in the same part of the world. You would think they would be nice and friendly towards each other, but there's a history going on there. And with everything else that's going on in the Middle East, we could start to see uh, neighbor fights going on uh, between uh, Iran and Iraq now too. It just seems to be no end to who's getting involved in all the ruckus down there, does there? Yeah, and it's uh, it's hard for you know like just an average person to listen to. You know, there's so much there's so much going on. It almost feels like like you're getting desensitized. Uh, just there's missiles here, there's strikes here. It's it's another country. It's another country. You know, and and if you're not an expert, I can imagine most people just flicking through the papers as to say, oh, I, I can't even keep up with it, Rick. Uh, it's crazy, Jim, isn't it? You know, we, we forecasted uh, the three of us towards the end of last year that the velocity down in the Middle East and the momentum that's going on there, it's very unlikely that there'll be peace anytime soon. And not only is there no peace at the minute, the attacks are ongoing between uh, Israel and Palestine. Uh, you have Yemen now being bombed by uh, NATO, uh, missile strikes in the Red Sea on shipping, uh, prices going up, oil prices went up yesterday. Now we have Iran and Iraq, Syria's on the fringes there too you know it, it it just seems to be no no let up well we did predict this you're quite right and i think everybody kind of knew that this had the potential to escalate tensions and what iran are saying is the reason they've struck these sites in iraq 
is because they see them as directly linked to what they call the Zionist regime, the West, you know, America, the UK standing with America. That's that's what sparked this off. You know, the, the events of October the 7th, everything is linked. And I know it's very difficult for a lot of people in the West to kind of understand the, the simmering cauldron of tension that, that, that it's essentially a Middle East against the West. That's how it's all linked up. And so the, the, the retaliation by Israel after the, the Hamas storming of the of the barrier on October the 7th has, has unleashed this real kind of hatred of America, essentially, and anything associated with that. That's where it all stems from. Uh, but it's the, it's, the, it's the swiftness now we've started 2024 of, of how these events have gone so fast. You know, the Red Sea, the Houthis, and the, uh, the axis of resistance. Now this, Iran against Iraq. It's, it is worrying. It is worrying. It has the potential to pull us into a, a huge third world war we could argue this is the beginning of it um because russia has sympathies with some of these countries too and it just is not a very nice way to beginning to begin the year um but we have to report the facts as they are and the, the facts are that you know iran has steamed in uh, late monday night and iraq this morning has come out and said we're not having it um and this is where we are tuesday morning here in the uk yeah, a lot of people wanted to start uh, 2024 with a bang. I think uh, Iran have taken that one literally, uh, bombing uh, Iraq. And of course, uh, it's used uh, with bombing spy bases. And the thing is, too, uh, let's be honest about it. Who do you even trust and believe anymore? Uh, even if you have a good source for this, how can we be certain anymore who actually launched the strikes? How do we know it wasn't an inside job? How do we know it wasn't America behind it, masquerading as this, that, and the other? There's that extra layer of confusion, and I think it feeds in with what Natalie was saying there too. How do you follow all this? How can you keep abreast of all this when it's literally changing by the day, massive changes by the day, and of course, desensitization, and of course, skepticism and confusion is like well who do you trust anymore because so many sources are shown to be liars or fabricators of the truth i think that's all part of the plan to screw our brains up this year Gemma. I completely yeah. agree with you. I mean, false flag is, is a well-known military technique that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. It's a naval technique where you just hoist the enemy's flag up, and then you know you'd go and you'd go into military operation that way. Um, so absolutely, and, and and we all know about those. And it is impossible, Rick. I would take that point very seriously. It is impossible to know what is the truth. It is impossible to know because we don't know the shadowy forces behind all of these organizations that are controlling the narrative for their own interests in that part of the world. We're just told the facts as they're reported out of news agencies in those countries. Uh, and we all know that news agencies are compromised and owned by big corporations themselves. So we don't know. What we do know is if this escalates, it could spell very bad news for all of us. It's as simple as that. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we've got to take a, a pause now. Uh, we've got a guest coming in. Uh, he's beaming in from Davos in Switzerland, believe it or not. Uh, Callum Smiles. But in the meantime, Gemma, big thanks to you for bringing us that article. And of course, uh, you'll be back again for Locked and Loaded uh, at 10 a.m. UK time, which is just an hour from now. So big thanks to you, Gemma Cooper. Uh, listeners, please stay tuned. We shall be right back after this short break with more magic here on the one and only TNT today. TNT's Kate Shimarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs, what do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special, special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? 
I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, fluoridated, fluoridated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Listen up! Now listen, we gotta talk. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Guest, uh, Stephen Craig, actually, Callum Smith is going to be joining us at twenty uh, at half past the hour, not 22. David, uh, from the Daily Skeptic. Uh, you can follow his work at dailyskeptic.org. Welcome to TNT. Look, uh, look, I'm having a nightmare of a morning. I've spilled water all over myself <laughs> and it's short circuited my brain. David, welcome to TNT. How are you doing today? It's... All right, sorry. Okay, so we'll have him on the we'll have him on the line. Uh, you can but, see but him. You can see but him. He can't but hear he us. Can't, but he can't hear us. It's a little bit sinister, really, isn't it? When you think about it. That, that's so, the uh, third thing, Rick. That's, that's, the, that's the third, third thing. Mistake. We predicted another uh, mishap before. Well, um, I'll take I'll take this one instead of maybe a breeze block uh, falling yep. down upon my head. But uh, Natalie, uh, while we're waiting to connect up with David, all being well. Oh, he's pointing. You know, I'm not sure. Oh, anyway, uh, until I get the thumbs up or I get the the nod from the studio, we're just waiting to connect in here with David. Uh, We'll have another story here that we can discuss very, very briefly. Uh, In Northern Ireland, we were talking yesterday about uh, bin collections, about how if you don't pay your council tax or you put your bins or your waste in the wrong bins, that you could be fined uh, a lot of money for it or get stickered. Well, there's a strike coming up here this week in Northern Ireland where the road surface are going to refuse to go out and grit the roads. And at the minute, it's ice and there's a little bit of snow falling here. So the uh, Northern Ireland Secretary of State, Chris Heaton-Harris uh, has said there's pressure building on him now to release the money for public sector pay rises. Unite has just announced that the road service staff will not just be striking on Thursday, but for a week until next Wednesday with no road gridding during the middle of winter. That is a real crisis. Imagine that. You pay your rates. You don't get your bins collected. You get a nasty sticker and now you have to skid up the road in ice and snow because they refuse to go out and grid the roads. What do you make of that? it's unbelievable. I mean, I read, I read about it. So it's a public sector strike. So it's not just gritting the roads that's going to be a problem. We've got teachers, midwives, nurses, uh, Unite, and uh, that's, that's everybody. And they're suggesting to not travel anywhere in Northern Ireland at all. So basically, if, if, if stay at home. We've heard that before. Stay at home, save lives. Uh, if you slip over on the grit or or you need to go to hospital, you're unlikely to survive, Rick. So where you are, you're not allowed to leave the house on Thursday. Ah, we can hear you now. David, David, David. Yeah, well, we're trying to get a message to you that we could see you, but we couldn't hear you. And we saw the mouth moving, but we couldn't hear any sound. So apologies. I know you've been sitting there patiently on the line. So sorry about that. And welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, Open Line on TNT. How are you doing today? Very hot. (laughs) Very hot? Hell's bells, man. Where are you? Are you in Spain or somewhere like that? I think it's Thailand. 
Oh, Thailand. Oh, oh well, uh, that's exotic. Very, uh, very exotic. Yeah, we're freezing over here. We're just complaining about the sleet and the snow. Nice that you've got a, a good hand dealt to you by the weather gods over in Thailand. David, uh, we want to talk want to talk to you this morning. I was just telling people that you're an author at The Daily Skeptic. Uh, people can follow your work at the website, which is dailyskeptic.org. Uh, we'll have a, until half past to talk about a piece that you had written recently, the title being, Why Should We Trust the BBC's Trusted News Initiative? The very fact that they're calling it a trusted news initiative trusted. should set alarm bells ringing, shouldn't it? Should that not be uh, a given that it's trusted? Why do they have to reinforce that fact? Well, we're in an Orwellian world where everything is the opposite of what we're actually told it is. So when the BBC says it's trusted, you know, you cannot trust it. You know, the same uh, as freedom is slavery and all this, the, the, the 1984 idea. No, I mean, the, the thing is completely ludicrous that they've set up an organization involving all the big tech companies, all the main news organizations, and they have one narrative that they all put together and to, to tell us. And I, I'm not saying this as conspiracy theorists. When I write my books and my articles, I let the people hang themselves with their own words. Mm -hmm. And most of the article I put in there is just quotes from the Trusted News Initiative website where they explain what they're doing. Uh, tell me this, you said something very interesting there, uh, which is something that I would adhere to about letting people letting people hang themselves with their own words. Okay, so if you cast your mind back over the last four years in particular, if you said anything counter to what the government narrative was, generally speaking, on a social media platform or even on broadcast TV or radio, you would be censored, shut down and silenced. And my view always was, well, if someone's a crank, if someone's crazy and if someone's a raving lunatic, let them talk, let them talk to as many people as possible and then it will become patently obvious that those people are crazy or they're lunatics or they're off their rocker. But the opposite was true. They silenced everyone they claimed were lunatics, people like possibly you and I and Natalie, instead of letting us shoot ourselves in the feet or hang ourselves with our own crazy words. But in reality, we're not crazy, are we? We know what's going on. Well, as I say, yesterday's conspiracy theory is today's truth. I, I mentioned the three things in my article about the uh, COVID that we were told we we were we were shut down and labeled lunatics if we said that it had escaped from a Chinese lab because we we were told it was this bat that flew a thousand kilometers and happened to land around the corner from the Wuhan Institute. We were ridiculed if we suggested that ivermectin, which was a cost about a couple of dollars for a course, was a, a, a cure for or a, for the uh, COVID. Well, Merck, who produced ivermectin, we, we, we were told ivermectin was horse dewormer, and this was continuously pushed at us. Um, we were told that anybody who criticized the lockdowns and, of course, the safe and effective vaccines, anybody who criticized those, shut down, censored, and if they were in academic academia, they, they, they would be fired. Mm. Uh, in fact, over the last five or 10 years, anybody suggesting that the global boiling nonsense is nonsense um, would, would be fired. The, the Scientific mm. American, for example, said four years ago, they will no longer publish any article about climate which does not use the words climate crisis. 
So how are you getting discussion? How are you getting truth? It's all David, rubbish. Many of us have heard uh, about BBC Verify, uh, but you're talking about this trusted news initiative um, founded by the BBC, and people um, probably haven't heard of it. That you know they uh, partner with organisations. You've got a long list here: uh, Financial Times, Google, YouTube, Washington Post. I could keep going on and on and on. Uh, when you've got so many big companies, that's how you know a mainstream narrative or agenda can then be found, isn't it? Because uh, you know it's all the big companies, all big corporate companies that are involved in the same thing i i, I had not heard of it a week ago yeah. i I, I mean i knew that all the mainstream media were biased but i had no idea at all that this thing existed and i, I don't know how i came across it and once i started reading the website and seeing remember my article all those names are from their website not my conspiracy theorists theorists crazy thoughts when I saw that, you know, it all fell into place. But I'm sure that nobody else knows that this this existed. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's good that you brought it uh, to light and you wrote uh, the article about it. Uh, we're we're pretty much up to time here. We've got to take a break for news okay. headlines and apologies for the connectivity at the beginning there. Uh, what we'll try and do is, David, maybe we'll get you back at another time when we'll have a little bit longer and we'll make sure you get the full uh, the full you whack of time climate, on there. But you talk about the climate if you want. One day. Well, we will. We will. But we will, uh, we'll absolutely. pause it for there. And I'll just tell people that they can connect with you again at uh, the dailyskeptic.org. That's uh, David's website, David Craig. So big thank you to you mm. for beaming in this morning from Thailand. We've got to take a quick break for news headlines. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Callum Smiles. Fantastic name. Uh, he's in Davos in Switzerland. So please don't go away. Stay tuned for more here on TNT Today's News Talk. Hey, I got news for you. TNT Radio News. It's about time. Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. Donald Trump has secured his first victory in the race for the White House after winning Iowa's caucuses in a landslide vote. Vivek Ramaswamy has pulled out of the race and endorsed the ex-commander-in-chief for president. It's been revealed China is experimenting with a new deadly coronavirus that's already proven to be 100% fatal in mice. And Apple has been dethroned as the world's most valuable company. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. We're back. Don't forget, you can phone in in the last 20 minutes and speak to me and Rick about anything on the show. And welcome to Open Line now, Callum Smiles. He's a freelance journalist and roving reporter, and he's in Davos at the moment to report live on the WEF 2024 forum meeting that's happening from the 15th to the 19th. How are we today, Callum, and how is Davos this morning? I'm very well, thank you. Um, do you know what? Even by my standards, it's a bit cold. I've put, uh, I've put some long trousers on today. Yesterday, I was out in shorts and t-shirt, but I was getting some interesting looks then as well. <laughs> Any time for skiing, or are we, are we just uh, on journalist duty? 
oh, well, I fly back Saturday and all this ends on Friday. So it'd be nice if I could get a bit of time for that, but uh, I might have to wait until next month. And uh, how much access have you got there at the moment as a journalist to the actual meetings? Is it, is it, uh, are you actually allowed in any and to listen in to anything or is it just what they're letting you hear? Well, do you know, it's interesting to say that I was just talking to my cameraman then and uh, Andrew Law Lawton from, uh, uh, what is it, Points North, a, a Canadian outlet. We, I think we had that much of an effect last year when I worked at Rebel that they're running scared. I actually think this could, this year might be the beginning of the end of the WEF because it's so much harder to get to get them this year. They've got much more of the bigger names behind the barrier where, you know, independent journalists can't get in and see them. So it could be difficult to get some big scoops this year just because they, well, they appear to be hiding their big names. But the real big names that we saw last year, I'm not sure they're going to be here. I was reading an article about how lots of the major politicians aren't coming this year. Yeah, I was going to say that. I've read the same. It says no Biden, no Putin, no Sunak. Uh, Macron, the only G7 leader. Do you think popularity is waving possibly for the WEF or or just they, they want to give it a miss and they've got more important things to do at the moment? I I think it could be. Yeah, I think the first point, the popularity. And I think there's almost that. Uh, I, I think they're running scared. You know, last year we, we embarrassed some big names, that is in publicly embarrassed. At, whereas I think some of them have looked at that and gone, you know what? I think I might miss my um, elitist holiday this year. So, so the theme of it, uh, Callum, is supposed to be rebuilding yeah. trust. Have you seen any evidence <laughs> of trust being rebuilt so far? Do you know what? You, you, ha you have to give them credit. They're at least funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I at least like it when my globalist and elitists have a sense of humour. Uh, if you're going to kill me, at least make, make me laugh first. But um, it's interesting to say that actually, Nor Bin Laden recently put on her Twitter, um, it's about the, uh, the U Ukraine house, which I think is actually much more fitting for what's going on at the West. So it says in big letters on the, on the, side, of their on the side of their building, deciding your tomorrow. I think that is much more accurate than rebuilding trust. Yeah. Or uh, what, what do you think, Rick? Build back better? Is it, do you think well, that's what they're achieving you know, there? If you, if you have a slogan that says rebuilding trust, that means there is no trust to begin with. So if you're promoting yourself as an organisation, effectively you're saying no one trusts us, and we're, whatever trust we have is gone and we're going to have to spend time rebuilding it, it doesn't get you off to a very good start. I'm not sure if it was you or not, Callum, but I saw some video yesterday of someone costing tony blair running alongside it wasn't you was it was it was that you that was me last year yeah because i'm hoping it'll oh, be last year again this year yeah yeah so i was um because I, I i think some of these people i've seen them today especially the likes of john kerry i think the first question i'm going to say is like you know have you got an answer for me yet you've had a year to think about my question from last year <laughs> you know surely you've got something now but um yeah no john, john kerry's one i really really want today if I can get hold of him, because you know he's last year there was I think it went, it went viral kind of after this. So I asked him, uh, "How did you get here this year? Did you come by private jet? Because you know you went you went to pick up a climate change award by uh, a private jet." And he went, "No, no, I fly to Russia." And then it turns out that he uses his wife's private jet, and that you know, I think that 
that kind of really got people thinking about these people and what they do. So I want to ask him this year if uh, if he if he came by if he actually came commercial this year or if he came by private jet because his daughter's here as well, Vanessa Carey. Not many people know this, but she set up a. I'm going to, say, I'm going to use the term so-called health organization they've got nine million dollars in u.s tax money so you know the ordinary people of america's money when he was secretary of state so you're already the first question probably is there a conflict of interest there and when you look further into it when it when the contract was renewed and they got more millions there was zero competition yeah and yet they're here to try and lecture us on climate change when their carbon footprint for this year alone is probably bigger than mine over the course of my 28 years as a living, breathing human. And I've flown quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say Klaus Schaub as well. I saw a quote from him. It's about building a promising future together, uh, he said uh, this week. But there aren't any Russian oligarchs allowed. No, you know, you can build together, but no, nobody from Russia. And you also have to be global elitist. You can't actually uh, be poor either. So it's not really together, is it? Um, it, it it's like we're, 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 we're have a meeting and we'll build for the for the rich, but not for the poor. Exactly that, exactly that. And, you know, I often refer to this place as the um, the Hollywood of politics because it's all temporary, temporary shop, uh, shop fronts. Uh, they, they pay stupid money to rent out these shop fronts. There was, I think 2020, there was a shop owner who turned down £40,000 by a Japanese firm to rent out her shop. And that wasn't even one of the bigger shops. So it just goes to show, like, this is... We are amongst them, not us. Mm. You know, this is very much how the other half live. Yeah. The and slogans, you you've done... the, I was going to say the slogans, Natalie, seem a little bit cultish as well. Natalie and I like our serial killers and our cult leaders. And this whole thing about Oh, you should come near them. It's full of them. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. We're in, the, we're in the wrong place. But that even that other slogan, you know, building rebuilding trust is bad enough. But this, uh, let's build a better future together. I mean, if you came up to me, Colin, with all due respect on the street, and I didn't know who you were, and you put your arm around me and said, hey, let's build a better future together, uh, I wouldn't exactly be uh, welcoming for that advance but that's effectively what they're doing they're trying to throw their arms around the world and tell them that they want to build a future with us we don't know these people we don't like these people many chances we don't want to build a better future with them why don't we tell them to sort off and build a future on their own if they want to build back better do it in your own personal life and stop bloody interfering in our lives would that not be a first statement stop bloody interfering how's that for davos 2025 do you know what? that sounds good i uh, i might see if i can be a, an invited guest to that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely we've yeah, had day no, one um, I, I, I was just going to say is on. there anything else um, before we have to go Callum that we could look forward to for the rest of the four, four days left well so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get some, um, some fairly big scoops uh, whilst I'm at you know like the doorstep in the classic the classic Davos stuff but now I've got a few interviews I'm actually uh, a guy who's going to from Yemen who's going to talk to me about all the stuff that's going on there with uh, the British and American ships. And he actually once got kidnapped. Um, he, was, he was basically a political hostage. So I'm going to, it should be a good conversation with him. Uh, the Kurds have invited me to interview their foreign secretary. And they, they seem to be quite, they seem to like Trump quite a lot. One of the things they said the other day when we came in, my friend was wearing his MAGA hat. And they went, oh yeah, we like Trump, we like Trump. 
the sleepy guys killing people in the Middle East. So it'll be interesting to hear what they have to say, especially with all these elections coming up with us, mainly the American one. And I'm going to be talking to a man who, again, he approached us yesterday with my friend with his MAGA cap. That seems to be the best thing on here, wearing a MAGA cap and going out in shorts and t-shirt. Everyone looks at you, everyone wants to talk to you. Um, he was one of the, he was the mystery guest once when Kanye went for dinner with Trump. So it'll be uh, interesting to talk to him. But oh, hopefully I'll have more for you. That's been brilliant, Callum. So if you want to keep up to date uh, with Callum's interviews and everything going on at Davos, you can visit him at X at, at csmiles underscore news. Um, and he's also got his website, callumsmilesmedia.com. Thank you very much for your time, Callum. We really and appreciate it. Say, Hopefully if, get anyone, if anyone is so generous, this is all like independently funded. I don't have these big oligarchs out there. Yeah. Uh, lining my pockets whilst I spread lies and try and interfere lives. If anyone is feeling so generous, please, there is a donation page on the website. I'd be ever so grateful. You don't have to, but if you can, I'd be very grateful. Thank you very much. And I guess point. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Fair point, well, yes. Yeah, we, you may do. I'm not sure what the plans are yet, Callum, but we certainly would like an update uh, later on in the week. And make sure you go and visit his page, just like he says. Uh, we're going to go to a break now, uh, but we got lots more to cover here at today's News Talk. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids, and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March, and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through, and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador, so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my license, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Mott. I think you'll listen. TNT.
Okay, we're still coming at you live here from Brisbane, uh, the Gold Coast in Australia, but whoever you are, wherever you're listening to in the world, of course, we've got people beaming in from Thailand, we've got people beaming in from Switzerland, you people are connecting from all over the place, so it's great, it's really a, a global thing that we're doing, a proper global thing, not a globalist thing, very big, important difference big in between difference. the two. Big difference, big difference. So this is Open Line. Uh, I'm Rick Munn. Natalie Cheel, of course, is here with me, or I'm here with her, whichever way you want to look at it. And the lines are open now. So if you've heard anything this morning, if there's anything that you would like to add to what we're saying or even bring up another point completely, something that's on your mind or want to get off your chest, then please feel free to do so. Go to our website, tntradio.live, and check out uh, the phone numbers on there and feel free to give us a call. And we promise we will not bite. Natalie, uh, an awful lot else going on in the world, talking about gritting the roads here in Northern Ireland. We're talking about Iran and Iraq. We're talking about Switzerland. Uh, we like to keep things um, uh, varied here. Uh, now there's another other uh, ban happening in the UK. This is a story that you had uh, highlighted here. The Home Office is the ban Hizb Ut Tahrir. I think is the correct way to say that. Hizb Tahrir. Yeah, well, it's just an effort. Who's going to correct me? I don't think any members are listening this morning, so they're not <laughs> going to correct my pronunciation. That's the good thing. Uh, but the Home Office has banned this lot as a terror group, okay, which is fair enough. But one of the most controversial Islamist groups in the UK, uh, Hizb ud Tahrir, is to be banned as a terrorist organization accused of praising Hamas attacks. So this uh, new Home Secretary, James Cleverly, said the group was anti-Semitic, anti-promotes and engages, actively promotes and engages terrorism. The ban comes after followers were recently accused of chanting jihad at a pro-Gaza rally. Now, you might think, well, that's a fair point. You know, let's clamp down on terrorists and all that. However, if you're supporting them or found to be a, a vocal uh, proponent of this group, then you could be jailed or fined or face prison time, which is a real encroachment on freedom of speech. Whether or not we like it or not, People still have the right to say certain things, do they not, without facing jail time otherwise? Uh, what's the point of having freedom of speech? Yeah, I have to, uh, like you, play devil's advocate here because it, they want it to sound, you know, uh, you know, they call it a terror group, call it an Islamist group, talk, call it, you know, uh, as bad as they can. And, you know, we've got to get them banned. But the truth of the matter is they haven't actually got any evidence against this group. Now, Tony Blair was trying to ban this group back in 2005, uh, but lawyers uh, didn't actually have enough evidence. And they've told the government that the organisation has not broken the law line or cross the line of breaking terrorism laws. Now, I still see nothing to this day to say they broke any terrorism laws. The person that shouted jihad, they've got no evidence that it was from this particular group. Now, I'm not for a moment saying this is a positive group. I'm not saying that that, that maybe they shouldn't be banned. I don't know what evidence there is uh, to ban them, but it does set a precedent. You know, if you suddenly say, well, I don't like this group, because I believe they're anti-Semitic and it encourages terrorism. Well, that's your opinion. If they're not actually showing evidence in Parliament uh, and they're not getting any votes on this, who else could they technically shut down saying the same thing? Maybe I'm at, you know, tomorrow they could say, well, Natalie's anti-Semitic and she's encouraging terrorism because I'm not I'm not actively supporting Israel. Does that make me a terrorist as well? Do you see do you see the problem yep. with it? Now, I'm not suggesting yep. that I'm not suggesting that they aren't a problem, but. I certainly don't see anything in this article or anything from James Cleverly to say that actually they have any evidence against them. So it's no different mm -hmm. to when Tony Blair was trying to ban them back um, when he was prime minister. 
And the thing is too, Natalie, there's an old expression that was very true in Northern Ireland in particular, that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. So of course, in the troubles in Northern Ireland, you had uh, groups like the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, that were deemed to be terrorist organizations by the British government. But among the people in certain communities in Northern Ireland, they were not terrorists, they were freedom fighters. The same thing, the British Army were deemed to be an occupying force. They were not there, there were somewhere that they should not be, so therefore they needed to be repelled. But then again, the British government said, no, this is part, you know. So what I'm trying to paint the picture of is here, there's two sides to every story on what yeah. you call a terrorist or I call a terrorist, someone else is going to call a freedom fighter and what they call a freedom fighter, someone else may call a terrorist. And I saw, little, uh, you know, instances uh, yesterday, I had a wee quick uh, look at the live chat and somebody had mentioned about uh, Netanyahu. There's a lot of clips of Netanyahu on the news here on TNT. He shouldn't be on TNT. But listen, you know, we're not promoting Benjamin Netanyahu were showing what he said, for example. And the same thing applies. Listen, you can't have your cake and eat it. If you want freedom of speech, that also means the people that you disagree with and the people that you fundamentally maybe despise and abhor, they still have the right to say what they want as well. And I actually think David Craig, our, our guest earlier on, summed it up perfectly. He says, listen, just let people hang themselves with their own ropes. If someone's banging on about uh, you know, inhumanity and, and advocating for attacks, they will show themselves up to be what they actually are. Let them hang themselves. There's, we can't keep, if we silence, if we're silenced, well then, you know, we can't complain about that. But then if our opposition has the uh, silenced as well, we have, to, we have to advocate for freedom of speech for everybody. Well, I see uh, this is a perfect example. Mark in the online chat says, somebody please send a missile to Davos. Now, I'm sure there's a, you know, he's half joking there, maybe he's not. But the evidence that I've actually seen in this BBC article, it says the government says that since the 7th of October, his Tahir or whatever it is called, has described Hamas fighters as heroes on its central website. That is the evidence that they are using to ban this group. So, you know, it's talking about hurty words again. Now, I, I would never describe them as heroes, but they are no. only words. They're not actually inciting violence there. So what what's next? If somebody else says something that they don't agree with, are they going to ban those people? I think it, it's just despite the group probably being uh, not the best people and possibly, yes, they, they, they may be uh, doing some incitement of hatred and encouraging terrorism. They haven't actually got the evidence to do it here, Rick. And that's the thing that's worrying me. You want to do that and you've got a whole group group who are putting you know go out there and kill people and encouraging that then absolutely most people would get behind it but it's not actually what they're suggesting here that's that's the problem so where does it end do, yeah. do we stop letting anyone talk uh there you know there is a line of course if you're if you come on here today or i come on here today and we're advocating you know people should go out and kill children or or commit acts of disgusting you know sexual obscenity then of course there's a there's a case to be made well you don't get the right to advocate for violence or call for people to be murdered or beheaded or decapitated or you know violence against women or violence against a certain ethnic group of people you know that the, the, you have to use common sense when applied here but if this is just someone's political views for example or someone's uh, advocating for the liberation of Palestine or Israel to get out of Palestine one side of the fence or even Israel saying, well, we actually have a right to defend ourselves. Whether you like that or not, you can make your own mind up about it. But I think when you start to then, uh, the government decides 
what's illegal and what's not illegal. And they decide if you're going to be penalized for supporting an, what they deem to be an illegal group, I think that's where the real danger is coming in and cleverly uh, outlawing this group. After so many years, Natalie, as you rightly said, back in 2005, they were trying to ban these guys. That's nearly 20 years ago. They haven't succeeded up until now, and they've probably yeah. been trying. So you have to ask yourself, well, why now? Why did they fail for 15 years, 18 years to do this, and all of a sudden they're having success now? And it says other countries have banned the group uh, successfully. Germany, Egypt, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Central Asia and Arab nations. But its leaders in the UK have previously said the bans were politically motivated and never supported by evidence or involvement in terrorism. So what's changed? Uh, basically, it seems to be that the Israel war has changed the situation and now they can say that they're anti-Semitic. So it, it's worrying because, you know, where does that stop? I'm not for a moment saying they're not dangerous. I don't have the evidence in front of me. But if we're talking just about words on a website, does that mean that we're the next people to go? It just sets a worrying precedent. It does. And uh, I, to be honest, I don't know about you. I'd never heard of this uh, shower before. Uh, I, I heard about cleverly bringing up. And there's, a, there's the other side to this. He's actually bringing attention and giving publicity to this group because I'd never heard of them until today. Or maybe I did, but I wasn't familiar with the name. So what I'm saying is if you'd have just let them be, they're, they're not a very significant group by any stretch. I've never heard of them before. You probably haven't either. But now all of a sudden, here we are talking about them. And then everybody on TNT at the minute is listening about them. So maybe that'll cause people to go and check them out. It works the opposite way, doesn't it? Sometimes when you try and it silence does. people, it um, actually ends up giving them a bigger voice. Yeah, just a bloke who asks questions says the important thing to know is who is the arbiter of these decisions. And I agree. Who Who is this actually coming from? I don't think James Cleverly has made this decision. No. Who is the person that's telling them that they're dangerous? You know, we're not hearing that. We just suddenly get to hear, oh, we've just brought, you know, put missiles on Yemen. We've just banned this group. Where Where is the decision making process, Rick? You know, where where's the democracy in it? Uh, where are our MPs deciding? That doesn't seem to be happening. No, it, it doesn't seem to be happening, but, uh, you know, it, it still has to get voted through this. It hasn't been uh, completely rubber stamped yet, but probably it will pass by the end of this week. And there's another uh, prescribed terrorist organization that's banned and you can be prosecuted for supporting uh, in the UK. Uh, we'll hop across to a little story, you know, something that will come as no surprise here to many, many people. Uh, world's richest men double their wealth in three years, uh, as Oxfam warns of the first trillionaire, and it's not the uh, CEO of Oxfam, by the way, we know these charity <laughs> bosses like to line their own pockets. It won't be the boss of Oxfam. I'm wondering whether or not their wages went up over the last three years, just as an aside here. But uh, they said it's unacceptable. One person could be so extremely rich while many around the world still live in terrible poverty. A trillionaire, Natalie, what's that? A thousand billion? I mean, you'd have to have some serious assets to have a thousand billion, wouldn't you? Look, yeah, I'm, a, I'm no big fan of Oxfam, I wanted to say, but this is a report they've actually given into the World Economic Forum to try and show the equality and poverty problems in the world. Um, and it's the world's five richest men. They doubled their fortunes. So in 2022, it was 321 billion. And all those COVID lockdowns seems to help them, these very, very rich people. They're now up to 688 billion. And the five richest people they say here, Elon Musk, Bernard Arnold, 
owner of luxury goods firm, um, LVMH. I've never even heard of him. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, uh, Oracle's Larry Ellison, and investment guru Warren Buffet. Yeah, so they've increased 114% in real terms since 2020. So it's a real kick in the teeth for those who have lost their small businesses, uh, who have lost uh, their families, uh, you know, over the lockdown. These people were basically making money off all of us and laughing to the bank. They were. Uh, there was a great video clip I saw the other day. I posted, cut a bit of it out and stuck it up onto uh, the X platform. This old guy, they were asking about taking chances in life and what's his, uh, you know, secrets to success. And he, one thing that he said was, he said, listen, whether you have a billion dollars in the bank or whether you owe a billion dollars to the bank, it all stays here. In other words, we're all going to die eventually, and it doesn't matter how much you owe or how much you own. When you die, it all stays here. And Warren Buffet's mentioned there, uh, he's an investment guru for Berkshire Hathaway, arguably one of the most uh, successful stock investors of all time. He's pushing nearly 100 years old right now. And his partner in crime was a guy called Charlie Munger. And Charlie Munger died recently uh, of old age. Uh, he was He was pushing 100 if he wasn't 100 years of age. Now, he died fabulously wealthy. And Natalie had no amount of uh, lack in his life. He had money and all that sort of business. The bottom line is he's dead and someone else is getting it now too. So while we're talking about riches and uh, people becoming trillionaires, it's also worth remembering that a lot of people would trade their wealth to be happy or a lot of people would trade their wealth to have a decent family life or, you know, they'll trade it for different things. And I think it's important as well that while these stories are brought up and, you know, they're sickening for sure, it's also good to know, you know what, I woke up this morning, I've got my eyesight, I've got my health, I've got a roof over my head, I've got food in my belly, I've got clothes on my back, I've got a job, I work with people that I like. I'm, I'm a rich man. Are you not a rich woman? Yeah, you can be rich in many other ways. It's not about wealth, but wealth does bring you choices and decisions, Rick. That's what I always say. And if you don't have that money, some people don't have the choice to become happy because they they are, you know, destined uh, to to struggle for most of their life. Um, You know, Oxfam, it says it's hoping its report can pressure policymakers in Davos. I don't think that will happen. Oxfam wants governments to reduce corporate power by measures such as breaking up monopolies, capping bosses' pay and bringing in higher taxes um, on excess profit and wealth. You know, I'm no fan of socialism or communism, but there does need to be an answer. We can't let keep letting the poor get poorer and poorer and these billionaires turn into trillionaires. So I don't know what the answer is, Rick, uh, but maybe on some level capping some people's wealth uh, at some, uh, you know, uh, and I'm not talking, you know, that you shouldn't have be a businessman and you shouldn't be successful but is there really a need for people to be billionaires and then trillionaires when other people don't have anything no there's not but you know what i don't think uh it, it sounds like a good idea but in reality you know they're gonna they're, what's the old saying the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer and thus it shall ever be and you're right by the way uh wealth does bring certainly a lot of options and choices that being poor does not have but listen wealth also brings its own problems too. Uh, a lot of people, I used to work in financial services, as you know, and I was a high net worth client manager. So all the people that I dealt with were really, really rich. You know, they were very successful business people or barristers or whatnot, doing very well for themselves. And let me tell you the truth, Natalie, when I used to go and visit them, I used to go and visit them in their homes and we would sit and build rapport. You get to know these people over time. I don't think I met any really wealthy people 
that weren't really, really struggling in a lot of areas in their life, you know, family breakdowns or the, you know, the husband or the wife was unfaithful or the kids were this or that or their friends were leeching money or they were being ripped off left, right and centre. So you're right, it does certainly bring options and choices and, you know, I wouldn't turn down a million quid today if you offered it to me, but sometimes and uh, you need to And it also gives you the you money if you've got something like an addiction, you can feed that addiction even Correct. more. So, so you know, and we see many sword, celebrities. Yeah, absolutely. But it's time to go. It, I've been Natalie Chill. This has been Open Line. Stay on for Rick at Locked and Loaded. And I will see you tomorrow at 9am. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.